Hello, guys. Welcome to Money Mondays, where we are focused on raising private capital and investing with purpose. So whether you are a new investor or an experienced investor, understanding the art of raising private capital is crucial in today's competitive landscape. Join us as we navigate the complex realm of attracting investor investors, securing funding, and building meaningful relationships that fuel your business growth. All right, welcome guys. I'm your host, Kalisha, and I have my co-host Betsy with me today. What's going on, girl? Hi, hi. Today is episode 22. Can you believe we've done 22 of these? It's a lot. And it's just and it's just Money Mondays. So imagine all the other episodes that we've done. We've definitely done a lot since what, April? Yeah. Yeah. That's what that that that's like when you take action and just you just dive in. And I think what I like, we didn't worry about having fancy equipment and all that stuff. We literally figure things out as we move along. And we get that question asked a lot. Like, do you guys have a fancy camera or fancy? No, we figure things out as we go along and keep improving because it's all about taking action. But today, guys, we are talking about using private money for transactional lending with our guest, Alexis Morgan. But before we even dive in, Betsy, do you want to hit them with a disclaimer? I don't want to hit y'all, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, this, um, the following information is for educational purposes only. Please do your own due diligence. We do not provide financial, legal, or professional advice. Even our guest here is talking from their experience, you guys. Don't go out there saying, hey, Kalisha, Betsy told me this. Mm -hmm. Um, You guys always do your Due diligence and go to the professionals who are certified and Mm -hmm. will be able to tell you legally what's correct for your case. Yeah, that's it. Don't don't forget, you guys, we say it, we show it on the screen. So we are not liable for anything, okay? Neither is our guest. So we're let's welcome Alexis Morgan. Man, she's I'm like, what is your title? And she's like, Man, I'm I don't know, I'm an entrepreneur. You know what? My title is do business with me. So let's welcome Alexis Morgan to Money Mondays. Welcome. What's going on? Man, What's I love it. Yes, thank you for being here with us on Money Monday. Absolutely. Monday. I'm excited. I'm super yeah. stoked. And of course, like my my title is do business with me. I can figure out how to do business with anybody. So yeah. I'm excited. Man, I love it. Wait, but you and Betsy, you guys are both in Georgia. Yes. Really? Betsy, you're in Georgia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, we've met a few times um, really? in person. Do you, come, yeah. do you come to Atlanta often or like? Not really. The 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 meetups for, with Eddie are two hours away from me. So I oh. try to go. But yeah, I've seen you a couple times. Yeah, we gotta yeah. connect. Man, we're, we're both raising money. We're both out here doing deals. We gotta connect. Exactly. And you guys are born in Georgia. Like, come on. Yeah. No, I love it there. No, well, no, I don't love it there. <laughs> yeah, but no, like, but the Betsy try to get me, try to convince me to move there, and I'm like, no. Yeah, Mm-mm. I like Florida to be honest. Yeah, I love- I'm here. I'm here out of you know my career. You know. So, man, I, I love Florida. The, the weather is just different. Yes, you have the sunshine, but it's hit, it hits different, you know, but, you know, we're still Florida. We're still yeah. Florida. Yeah, but, but I love that mindset that you said, right? I can figure out what you said was I can figure out how to do business with you. And yeah. that's like a real mindset of a true entrepreneur mm-hmm. that like you can figure out we can make money together. We just got to yeah. talk and see how we can make that happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, I truly believe. Uh, I heard this quote, and I it just stuck with me ever since. The more hands I shake, the more money I make. It's like it's just that simple. Yeah, yeah. And that's no, so great because we're going to be talking about networking here in a little bit. So that's no, awesome. I love it. <laughs> so Alexis, I mean, a lot of persons we know you because we're all in the same mastermind sub two. For persons who are not in sub two at all. Tell us who is Alexis Morgan. How did you get into the world of real estate investing? And now 
especially using private money for your business. Yeah. Great, great. So obviously my name is Alexis Morgan. I'm 19 year old entrepreneur, my favorite title. Um, and so I got into real estate, you know, not, I wasn't some special case. I literally saw it online. You know, I'm sure every single person has had the opportunity. They heard an ad, they saw a YouTube video. I saw it online and I said, okay, this looks interesting. There's obviously money here. And so I, I delve deeper into what exactly it's about. Um, I've always been a big um, advocate of like mentorship and the people. I actually just got off of another podcast where I was talking about how important it is to surround yourself with people who also know the lingo, who are doing deals. So I got started largely by putting myself in an environment where it was impossible for me to fail. Um, and since then, it's been a lot of fun. I've done you know, over 40, 50 wholesale deals. Um, I'm, and now I'm lending partners with Pace and Abraham. And we're lending money, doing transactional funding, which I think we'll talk about. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been awesome. And it's, it's all been purely from networking, branding, and constantly leveling up my, my personal development and the knowledge and, and skills that I have to offer to the marketplace. Man, you just said something. I know we're going a little bit deep too early, but you just said something <laughs> where you're putting yourself in environments around people who are already doing it. And we hear that a lot, but really tell us, how are you doing that? Is it just by going to events or what exactly are you doing to make that happen? Yeah, I love this question. One of my biggest mentors, his name's Abraham Gray. If you guys don't know him, you should definitely know him. Um, the first time I met him, I drove from Orlando to Atlanta to have the opportunity to meet him. Not for sure, but wow. I wanted the opportunity. A poor mindset wants a guarantee. A rich mindset wants an opportunity. So yes, go to all the networking events. Go to where you know successful people will be for the opportunity to be around them. Because once you're around them, it's, a, it's, it's impossible for you to not grow. Yeah. You are who you surround yourself with. So that was a big thing for me. How did I grow? I just put myself constantly, whether it was driving, being on Zooms, listening to an audio podcast. I was I constantly made my reality like with people that I wanted to be associated with. Man, to drive to Georgia and not even sure that you're going to meet this. Yeah. A lot of people would be like, are you crazy? <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah. the crazy people are the people who get, you know, success. Get things done. No, and you ended up moving here too. So like, how was that? Like, what made you decide, like, I'm just going to stay here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was actually in um, Atlanta when I was in college. So I graduated high school. I went to Georgia Tech. I got a scholarship to Georgia Tech to be an engineer. But at that point, I had read a lot of books about real estate. And I quickly realized like, oh, this is not in alignment. <laughs> like, this is not what, what wealthy people do. I got to get out of here. So I, I had dropped out of school. And when I left Atlanta from, from Georgia Tech, I was like, oh, I'm never going back there. Like that city is not for me. You know, Felicia, we were just talking about Florida is like the best. I still believe that. <laughs> but I got back somehow. God is, God is crazy. I got back to Atlanta. Like I said, Abraham Gray is one of my biggest mentors now. And he is a big advocate of buying businesses. Buying businesses is something that I've done as well, something that I'm teaching a lot of people in the Sub2 community, if you guys are familiar, about buying businesses. And he taught me about buying businesses. We had bought a business together back in February. And after we bought that business, really small cleaning company out of Atlanta, he said, hey, Alexis, congratulations. This is awesome. If you move to Atlanta, we could do a lot more deals together. And I moved like three days later. It was very like, I remember that day like it was yesterday. He said like one sentence and I was like done because at that point, you know, I was living with my parents. I was making good money because I was a wholesaler. Wholesalers do pretty well, especially when you're like an 18 year old kid with no expenses. <laughs> so I was like, I could probably afford to move out. And uh, I knew that in order for me to reach the next level and maybe ever have an opportunity of making more than a hundred or 150, 200 grand a year, I would then have to hang out with people who are making more than 150 or 200 grand a year. So that was yeah. like the natural progression. Now, Abraham, you know, probably makes over 15, 20 million a year. So hopefully that's, uh, that's the next step. For me. No, but it's, it's, it's the risk you take, you yeah. know, like it's kudos to you. Like a lot of persons, we talk about risk all the time, but the fact that you made that decision 
in in like three in three days. You know, some persons might be if you're watching this or listening to this too late, you're gonna be like, oh, I have responsibilities. This may not work for you, but the 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 main thing point here is that she knew exactly what she wanted. You wanted an opportunity to be around people at that phase stage in your life. That's exactly what you needed. And everyone is going to get a different feeling, a different opportunity in different forms. But for you, it was, this is your opportunity right here. You want to be around me? You got to be in Atlanta. And you're like, say less. I am in. So I love that you took that risk. So from the business side of it, because now you're doing the business, when you got your first business, where you were like, yeah, buying cash flow and business is going to be the thing. Real estate, you're on the side. You're, I'm done with you. What was that transition like? This is so good. No one has ever asked me about this before. So <laughs> if you guys are listening, you're about to hear stuff that I've never said publicly. Love it. Um, when I bought that business, I got 10% equity in a small cleaning business. Mm -hmm. And when I bought that business, it was really a wake-up call for how much respect you should have for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Up to that point, I was a solo wholesaler. So I was making, you know, hundred grand a year by myself, working when I wanted to work. When I acquired that business, it had a general manager. It had employees. It had lives. Like, I was like, oh, my God, like, these people are dependent on um, our leadership. Mm -hmm. It was me and my another partner, Mona. And it was just like, wow, this is like, this is a real company. This is how it works. There's payroll. There is, you know, people who are, need scheduling. Like, there's a lot happening that you know, is not dependent on me doing the work, but is dependent on me being an organized and yeah. intentional leader. I think yeah. I don't own that company anymore. I sold it back to um, the people that I like bought the 10% equity from just because of time and opportunity costs. But that period of my life was, was like, okay, there's a lot of personal development that has to happen if you want to go from a single solo entrepreneur, mm -hmm. solopreneur yeah. to a real business owner. Because as cool as it was, you know, to have um, responsibilities and people in the business, I also recognize, holy cow, this company makes money without me necessarily scrubbing the floor. Yeah. And that was like a, a light bulb for me. Mm -hmm. Since then, I have been very successful at building teams. I've studied leadership. Since then, it was like a stepping stone into the next level of real estate. And during that time, I actually did put real estate to the side. I wasn't wholesaling as much. Now you guys know I'm back in wholesaling. I'm, I'm uh, lending money as well. So there has been a couple places along my journey where it's like, okay, let's figure out what we, what we want to focus on. But mm -hmm. in my opinion, especially for my unique situation, 19 years old, no responsibilities. Like this is where I, I have the most risk tolerance and I want to taste, I kind of want to taste all the flavors of the rainbow. <laughs> No, I, I, I love that. Like, <laughs> it's funny. I had a question based on what you were, you were saying. And I'm like, damn, now it disappeared out of my head. But <laughs> it will, it will, it will, it will come back. It will come back. But what did you like face any like challenges with that during that entire transition? Like, I'm, I'm sure you would tell your family, but did you share it with friends and did they try to like, tell you, don't do this, don't do that. If they did, how did you overcome something like that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for that specific time period where I moved to Atlanta, um, it was just really lonely. Like a lot of people don't talk about how um, lonely it is sometimes being an entrepreneur because I moved, I did move away from my family and I moved away because they weren't making the, the money that I wanted to make. They didn't have the mindset that I wanted to have. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of things like going to the gym, uh, trying to make friends, of course. But I do believe that there is a certain amount of business that you have to do, of course, to make money and grow. But there's also other aspects of life like health and like mindset and, and having the right energy. You know, if, if you're if your business, if a part of being your business is on the phone all day, you have to make sure that you're showing up to those phone calls with a good vibe or else it won't go good. So I just put a lot of emphasis on like, how can I create you know, love and, and relationships with myself. I started dating myself. I started going out, you know, trying to meet a lot of people. Um, so that was the only, the only big challenge. I, I talked to my mom every day, talked to my brother every day. Um, and that's something that honestly, like I'm still working on to this day. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have any family here in Atlanta. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes that's the sacrifice that you have to make in order to get where, where you want to go. Yeah, man. 
this is, I think we should do a follow up because I like how you mentioned the loneliness. A lot of people really don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole, that's a whole different conversation. But tell us, <laughs> like, how did you get into, yes, we know that your your mentor, Abraham, but like, what was the reasoning behind, okay, Alexis, you need to start doing transactional lending? Or was it, did you raise private capital before that? And then you're like, no, I don't like this. I want to do the transactional portion of it. Like, tell us about that transition. Yeah. And and also, how did you choose transactional lending? Because there's so many types of lending that you could do. Why transactional lending? Yes. So I'll start with the first question. How did I get into transactional lending? So this is a great question. And um, you guys are asking great questions that I never (laughs) talked about before. But um, I got into transactional lending by accident. Now, I love it because this is like the returns on like transactional lending is amazing. The safety of the money is like the most secure thing that I've ever seen. It never money never leaves escrow. The security we can lend in any state because the security is our relationship with the title company. Yeah. Whether it be EMD, double closer, or sort of weird creative loan, you know, money needs to be in escrow in order for the borrower to receive a loan, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. our security is our relationship. And that's what we're good at. You know, we're good at communication, we're good at creating those relationships. And the returns on uh, transactional lending are just they're phenomenal. Um, but I got into it on accident. When I moved here to Atlanta, I w- I'm always asking questions. I'm just very curious. I think one of the best skill sets and uh, character traits to have as an entrepreneur is curiosity. I was always asking questions to Abraham. How do you make the most money? How do you, what's the easiest money you make? What's the hardest money you make? What does the return look, out, look like on everything you do? And one of the things that he mentioned was transactional lending. And based on everything that I just told you guys, the return the security, the easy, like the smoothness of the transaction. I was like, why aren't you doing more of that? Why aren't you doing more of that? And so my antennas went up and I was like, how can I get into this? I started marketing and then, you know, things started coming my way. And I was like, hey, you know, would you, you said you were doing this before. Would you be interested in this? Would you be interested in this? Then we actually started leading calls for, you know, a community of people, Gator community. Some of you guys might be familiar. We started leading these calls and I mean, people just, they throw their money at like they, people just throw their money at me. And I'm like, guys, I don't need more money. I need more deals, need more like, deals. <laughs> to, to probably like at least a hundred people, you know, here's my, here's my 600 K here's my 300 K. What can you do with it? I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. Like the only, the only like downside, this is the, like the only downside that I can think of is the business model. We're so, we're always so liquid. These are 24 hour transactions, 30 day transactions, 60 day maximum transaction so we like genuinely when i say we don't need more money we need more deals it's true it's true man like you know they always say like money isn't the issue like recently i've just been hearing that over and over money isn't the issue go find a deal Mm -hmm. go find a deal and the money will come and with this perspective like lending this money out um i think you know, having access to capital is a really powerful thing, especially if you can couple that uh, skill set or that resource with a skillship, uh, skill set like leadership or communication, because then you can put a group of people to work and then you can turn around and also put money to work. And you're the middleman that's like reaping a lot of the benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, but like without that skill set, you know, having a hundred grand, having 200 grand, having 500 grand, a million it's like all the money is green, but not all the deals are good. So you also, as a capital raiser, have to develop the ability to analyze and underwrite deals. You have to develop the ability to put people to work. You have to develop the ability to put your knowledge in someone else's mind as well. And so that's a skill set that I've developed and I'm continuing to develop every day. Am I getting yeah. good at training? How do I hire? Like, how am I hiring someone who could do this better than me? How am I hiring someone who could duplicate me? And so you do that over and over and over again, and then your business grows. But, yeah. you know, the first step is like being this transactional. Hey, let me get the money. Let me also have the ability to look at deals. And then you pair the two. And it's like, you guys know, it's like the best thing. Yeah. Ever. It's, <laughs> it's like things just start happening. I think I have this thing on my wall that I got for one of my coach. And it says short game, long game. Um, the short game is getting you in the game. Yeah. And the long game is getting you to the top. You put both together, money and deals come to you. Yep. And I was like, that's a whole connection. But 
let's go back a little bit. You mentioned that when you, there was a time in your life when you're like, I need to learn about leadership and you were just focused on that personal mm -hmm. development. This is very off topic, but everything that you did that time was preparing you for what you are doing now. Absolutely. Because now you're able to, to hire, you're able to communicate certain things, help other persons. And that has, as is helping your business to scale, you know, mm -hmm. like everything, like listening to your story. I'm like, Oh my God, that was all working out. But yeah. A Let's lot of people like these, these podcasts, you know, I really feel like it does a good job when I talk, you know, for an hour or 30 minutes, it, it does a good job of showing how I got to where I'm at. A lot of people don't know how much studying and how much like intricate nights of like details, reanalyzing how did I, how did that conversation go? I did a yeah. lot of analyzation on how my leadership skills develop. And yeah. I do feel like it's mm -hmm. going to be very hard for someone to raise money without leadership and communication skills. Mm -hmm. You know, I was at a, I was at a meetup last weekend talking about raising private money and presenting to private money lenders. And one of my main things was like, Hey guys, can, can everyone very quickly promise me please in the room that they will never ask for private money by saying, Hey, I need 50 K. Can you do it? Like, it's just like, guys, come on. Like genuinely it's like the communication is, is so poor. It's one of the most essential skills. Yeah. Someone worked so hard for that 50 K, you know, someone yeah. spent, People who have 50K in their savings or an X amount of dollars in their IRA, they will look at that money and think of it in, in terms of time. Yeah. This money took me X amount of hours to accumulate. This money took me X amount of years to accumulate. So when they give you that, they're giving you a piece of their life, which is, yeah. which is, the, most, which is the most important thing that we all have. Mm -hmm. As investors, we fortunately don't look at money that way because we're really good at making it. But you have to understand the mindset of someone who is willing to give you money and that's how they will look at their money so you have to you have to strategically have conversations in order to make yeah. the transaction successful for the both of you and i feel like that's a big thing that a lot of people that's miss when raising private money they're missing the skill sets and the characteristics of someone who can be really successful at it mm -hmm. man that's so you we we because betsy and i we did a full episode on that last week in terms of how to talk to private money lenders because the same thing that you said was it's not cool to be like hey i need twenty thousand dollars now for six months okay really and especially if you've never had a conversation with someone before so we touched on like how to approach that conversation especially yeah. if you need the money right away because things happen you would have a lender you they back out and you need the money right away, but there's still a, an approach, a different approach to, to, to that conversation. We're doing all this transactional lending. Mm -hmm. I'm, see, I'm, I'm assuming that you're the one underwriting all your deals. Yes, absolutely. Right now, we actually just brought on a TC. So my, my partners in this business, originally it was just like some wrestling, like, hey, I want to you know, use your money for this deal. I'll use your money for this deal. Now I've officially partnered. So this is a cool thing about making these relationships. Now I have like genuinely unlimited access to money. Um, but your question, I'm sorry. No, you're good. They, uh, you're the one doing all the underwriting. How are you Next managing step, step. it? So I was saying that I was, I'm doing all the underwriting, but we just hired a TC. We just hired someone to come on and finish out the job so that we can focus on creating more opportunity. But yeah, I'm, I'm underwriting all the deals. Someone will submit a deal. We have a website. They'll submit a deal similar to you guys. Like yeah. you have to have systems and processes since the, since the audience is private money raisers, guys, you have to have systems and processes because you're putting yourself out there as I'm yeah. someone who's organized. I'm someone yeah. who's going to take care of the money, right? Mm -hmm. If you're unorganized, everything's in a thread of an email or there's no system behind it. It's very hard yeah. to not only, you know, have consistent deal flow, but, someone who's willing to give you money, you know, they're going to want to see some, some level of uh, professionalism. Yeah, no, you're, you're so right. So when you tell us about, let's say I come to you and I'm like, Alexis, I need $30,000 and mm -hmm. I submit to you the deal through on your website, which guys, we will put that in the description as well. But 
what are the criteria to make you decide that this is a deal that we want to fund? And then yeah. what will be the next step in terms of paperwork, for example, to make sure that you guys funds are protected and, and get and get it back? Yeah. So the cool thing about working with us, whether you're a borrower or uh, like someone who wants to be an affiliate and wrestle with us, is that we, we handle all the paperwork. The borrower, I'll, I'll walk you, I'll get on the phone with you and walk you through the process of how it works. Um, but we're really not going to be in touch super often unless I need you to sign paperwork. A lot of our communication is, hey, borrower, super excited to do this deal with you. Please connect me to your title company or escrow agent so I can communicate with them. You know, they're the person that's going to be holding the money. The borrower can say, you know, everything in, in the moon all day long. But if I can't get the same things confirmed with the title company, it doesn't it pretty much doesn't exist in my mind. So the deal when it's being presented to me, I'm looking for how long is the money out? Who's holding the money? Obviously, the address. You guys be surprised how many people send me stuff without an address. It's crazy, right? <laughs> wow. We yeah. would be surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the address. Um, but there's there's a couple things on the on the website that you'll see is paceandabraham.com um, that you guys will see uh, to submit deals. Yeah. Well, I, I do have a question. Let's to go back to, you know, we do have viewers who are very new or maybe like are just came up on this video and they don't have no idea what transactional lending mm -hmm. is. Can you yeah. define that for us? Yeah, of course. So transactional lending is when you're going to loan money for a transaction is exactly how it sounds. So a lot of times we work with wholesalers who are looking to get their deals to the finish line. Maybe they're selling to a hedge fund. A wholesaler is someone who bought, who wants to buy a house and immediately resell it. So maybe they don't have the funds to close on the house to buy the first house. We will lend them that money for a period of, let's say, 24 hours, and then they'll immediately resell it they'll probably make 20 or 30 grand and we might charge, I don't know, 2,000, 3,000 bucks for that 24 hour loan, mm -hmm. depending on how much it is. So that's one example of transaction lending. Another example we just did, we lent out money for a period of 30 days. The money needed to sit in escrow in the bar in uh, the title company's account so that the borrower could get funded from another bigger lender. So in that situation, our money's sitting in escrow, totally fine, not going anywhere, not being spent. And the borrower is going to get qualified for their loan. And then when that first draw comes through, you know, we'll be repaid back on our investment as well. So it's just these quick, you know, short term loans on specific transactions. And I think the coolest thing about our business model is that our money is not being spent mm -hmm. a lot of times in private money lending. And all there are totally different forms of private money lending. You know, there's things that happen all the time and they're, they're a win win for both parties. What I particularly like about transaction lending is the money is not being spent. Money is somewhere, you know, it's in escrow. And at the end of the day, I like the fact, I like the security of knowing like, hey, maybe it's not in my bank account, but it's sitting yeah. somewhere, it's not being spent. <laughs> Man, have you had any cases where, because we've had something like this before, where the title company doesn't want to release the funds? So we haven't dealt with that. And I'll tell you exactly why. Because we're, we're confirming three times before we ever send the wire mm -hmm. that that we need these funds released at the drop of a hat if we request it. And we also have paperwork to back that up with anyone involved in the deal. Yeah. We do an intense amount of upfront paperwork and we also charge an upfront fee. Like if someone wants to borrow funds from us, we charge an upfront fee because there's a lot of uh, scenarios where maybe the deal doesn't go through. Maybe the guy doesn't get approved for the loan. Maybe the buyer backs out, right? And so because the, the work that we do is so intensive up front in terms of paperwork and communication and time, you know, we make sure to collect a return on our investment, part of it up front and part of it on the back end when the deal is successful. Uh, I see why you hired a TC now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that because a lot of persons, I mean, we've had it happen to us before uh, when we just started out where persons would come to us and they're like, I need this amount of money. And you put so much work in. Yep. And the deal falls through. Yep. And you're like, what just happened? Or when they're asking and they don't have the contract. Or that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's, it's also a way to weed out the persons who aren't that serious too. And a lot of person will be like, no, I don't want to pay an upfront fee, but that goes to show you don't value my time and what I bring to the table. Yep. 
if you're not will, if you want me to put in all that work from the get go, and if the deal falls to you, you're like, eh, on to the next one. But I love that you guys are you're charging that upfront fee as well. Oh, we have a question. Oh. So Doax is asking, hi, how do you determine how much to charge upfront? Yeah, that's a great question. So we do that by reverse engineering what we want our um, what we want our annualized returns to be. So for us, you know, we're charging 5% upfront and we assume, we assume that every transaction is going to fail. So if we can make 5% upfront on a, maybe a transaction that was supposed to be 30 days, you know, on the back end, you know, you know, technically it's supposed to use percentages, but on the back end, we make more than 5%, right? So if we're yeah. collecting 5% upfront, then even if the transaction fails, we are at a place where we're satis satisfied with our annualized return. I hope mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Love that you mentioned reverse engineer. But that's uh, that's very much used in business. Like yeah. we're doing it in reverse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, this is pretty unique. Have you used private money to acquire any businesses? No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. My, my goal with business, my, I feel like where I'm at with businesses is where I was at with real estate like a year ago. Like I've done it a few times and I know a lot about it. But I, I have a lot of execution to uh, to get under my belt. I have a lot of uh, experience to accumulate. And so I've actually joined up with Pace and his team, just funneling them leads, looking at, you know, I get on the conversation with their CFO like once a week, just learning. I think I would never get a job. I'm not built to work for anyone. But I think if I can get myself into a position where I'm adding value to someone Somebody. and like extracting knowledge, that's like the best place to be. You know, you're not you're not having golden handcuffs. But again, you know, you're, you're learning stuff. Once you learn and you get knowledge and you get experience, that, that stuff is irrevocable. Yeah. You know, I worked for a wholesaler that was doing a million a month when I started. I would simply would not be where I'm at if I had not learned those systems when I was starting. So mm -hmm. I, I find it like really, really good to get in, get in the door with someone who knows what they're doing. Like if anyone's interested in private money lending, like how can you add value to Kells and Betsy? Like, if you're interested in real estate, how can you add value to XYZ person? Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to find out how can I be around them? You know, that's, yeah. that's really my main, it's my song and dance. No, I love it. And the thing is that you, you just point out too. Oh, Hey Maggie. <laughs> what I love too, is that if you guys are really listening keenly to what Alexis is saying, is she when she gets around people she observes first she observes she's very observant in terms of what are they doing and before she asks how can i help she try to figure out what's going on and then use her skill her background her experience and then help that person i see a lot of persons do the opposite where we've never met before and the first mm -hmm. question is how can i help I don't know because I don't know you. I don't know what skill set you bring to the table. So I think that's one gem like we should all like take away from, from that, this conversation is really we need to be observant. Whoever we're going to ask for help, do some background research on the person. See what is it that they're doing. And then when you approach that conversation, hey, I see that you're doing this. And I think I can bring value by doing X, Y, Z. Ooh, the lighting on that. Hi. <laughs> the line on that but the my thing is can you walk us through let's do a little bit deep dive walk us through a deal that you've done like sure. share the numbers any if even if it's a deal where there are hiccups and how did you overcome some of those hiccups yeah yeah so i could i'll talk about an emd deal that we did and i'll talk about a double close that we did so on a double close um friends of mine a lot of them are really really successful wholesalers and so they sell a lot of them sell to hedge funds or they even sell on the retail market. So a couple of deals that we did last week, uh, I'm looking at this spreadsheet now. I want to give you guys like the exact numbers. Um, a couple of deals that we did last week, one of them was 140,000. The other one was 288,000 roughly. And the other one was 77,000. Um, and all these deals, these are my friends who I love doing business with my friends, by the way. <laughs> If you can't call people that you make money with your friends, you're doing something wrong. 
Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. why I keep seeing my friends because like everyone that I like, usually like you guys are my friends. Everyone that mm-hmm. I transact with is like my friend. But my my client, I guess <laughs> my client, um, they are selling these deals to hedge funds. They're wholesalers. You know, they got the deal under contract and they want to sell it to a hedge fund, but they can't assign it. This hedge fund doesn't allow assignability. So in these particular deals, all with different title companies, all different places. But in these particular deals, the first thing that I need to do, like, hey, it, please introduce me to your title company. I need to make sure that whoever's holding our money is on the same page as us. Yes, yeah. That's the first thing. Because that's that's our protection. You know, we don't file a lien against the property. We don't file a deed, a security deed or anything like that. So my main protection is my ability to communicate with the title company what I need done in the transaction. Mm-hmm. So all then we got introduced to the title company. Once we get to the title company, we're asking, hey, you know, super excited to do this. Always, always good energy. You know, like I said, if you're on the phone most of the time, if you're emailing, you want to be doing it with a good vibe so that people you know, want to do business with you. Um, but I said, hey, you know, I need the A to B settlement statement so that I can understand how much we want to wire and create a payoff for this deal. That's the next step for me. Now, a settlement statement for anyone who doesn't know is like a receipt of real estate. When, when real estate is bought and sold, the settlement statement is like a receipt. You know, what did this cost? What did this cost? Who got paid off here? Everything is like um, uh, outlined in a spreadsheet. So the settlement statement also says how much money is due from the person buying the house. That's the number I'm looking for. I'm taking that number and um, adding, you know, a payoff. So our specific charge on these deals were 0.75%, 0.75, less than a point. And I, that's important. These guys are, are uh, in sub two. Those rates are for sub two and Gator only. If you guys are interested in doing a double close with us, you know, f- please feel free to visit Abraham.com. There are rates on there for you all to see, hey, what do we charge? You can also be an affiliate with us. You know, If you know a lot of wholesalers doing deals, feel free to uh, email me. My email is also on the website and you can be an affiliate with us and make money with us. But our rate is 0.75. And I want to highlight that because somebody's like, wow. Every time I tell people that, they're like, wow, 0.75. And I think it's because most people charge a point and a half or two points. Yeah. But you guys, I know you're smiling. You guys get it, right? Yeah. 0.75 for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Five days. Yeah. A month. Mm-hmm. Add, add up that return over the course of the year. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, we're funding, you know, three or four of these deals a week, just double closes. There are double closes happening everywhere because the National Association of Realtors, you know, not only are the hedge funds and the innovations good, but the National Association of Realtors is bringing a lot of regulation to wholesaling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are going to have to uh, resort to double closing, yeah. you know, and, and wholesalers advertise themselves as cash buyers. And so we want to help them, you know, fulfill that promise we want to help them eat cash buyers we want to help them close on the property so those deals i created the payoff i got the a to b settlement i made the payoff sent it back to the title company and this is really important so that there's no confusion whatsoever hey can you please send me the b to c settlement statement there's an a to b between the seller and the wholesaler and then there's a b to c between the wholesaler and the end buyer Um, can you please send me the b to c settlement statement with reflecting my payoff Mm. Mm. and then there's one final thing that i ask for i say this is great looks good looks good to go please send me your wire instructions we have processes on verifying the title company we don't we don't work with any title companies who are less than six months old unless we can send someone to go out there and like facetime us and show us the uh the title company But um, the last thing that I'll ask the title company for is, can you please confirm, so important, if anyone's writing, taking notes, this is the most important thing about my specific business model, transactional lending. Can you please confirm, Mr. and Mrs. Escrow agent, that our funds will not leave escrow until the B2C funds are also in escrow? Mm -hmm. That is like the most important thing that we need confirmed because if for any reason our funds leave escrow before the buyer's funds are in and the buyer like gets abducted by aliens, passes away, whatever it is, we are screwed. Yeah. We have to then foreclose in a state that we're not familiar with. We have to go through the process. 
Like we don't file any like deed or anything like a uh, security deed or anything like that. Cause it's such a simple transaction. We like to keep things very simple. So those, those few things are, are what I do in a double close situation. So in those three deals that I talked about, you know, we received wires back the next day. These are 24 hour loans. And those three in that, those three transactions alone, we made $5,000. Yeah. 24, in 24 hours. hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. So that, that was really exciting for me, you know, as, as a capital raiser, whose job is to resource the capital mm -hmm. and then find the opportunity. Yeah. My, my return is infinite. I have no mm -hmm. money in the deal, you know? So mm -hmm. I think out of that five, uh, 5,000, I profited like 3,000 or 2,500 from it. Uh, I can't, I can't remember cause we're doing a lot of these deals, but I have a pretty good like profit share uh, return on these deals. So it's, it's super cool. And, um, if anyone's interested, you know, I, I'm more than happy to talk about it. You know, my at is here. You guys, you know, message me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is. Um, and then we also do EMD. So EMD deals are a lot more complicated. You know, Betsy, you were talking about, you see why I hire a TC, the TC, I promise you is mainly for the EMD. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you guys why. When you're at a double close, you're at the end of the transaction. You know it's yeah. happening. You're not involved unless it's going through. With EMD, EMD, for anyone that doesn't know, is an earnest money deposit. It is good faith towards the transaction happening. It's usually yeah. at the very beginning. So when you're doing EMD, you're at the beginning of a transaction. You haven't run into all the problems that you're going to run into yet. So yeah. EMD requires a lot more protection because the money is sitting for longer. There's a lot of EMD has a lot of weird terms where after a certain date, the EMD might release back to the seller instead of back to us. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of paperwork and communication with the title company around what we're trying to accomplish. So in an EMD deal, again, if I'm talking to the borrower, I'm talking to the wrong person. Mm -hmm. Hey, Mr. Mrs. Borrower, please connect me to your title company as the lender in this situation. I always have to be connected by them because I have tried before to call title companies and say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm about. They don't, they don't give you any information. Yeah. You have to be connected and introduced to the title company. So EMD is fun though, because a lot of times you can get a hundred percent return on your money in, mm -hmm. in 30 days or like 70%. It's just crazy. There's, there's Those just are the different things. It's crazy. Yeah. What uh, this kid, like this is a whole business on its own. You know, and, and these transactions are happening every single day. I mean, I probably haven't even have like 5% of the market share that, that actually does this. You know, I need to do more marketing, admittedly. <laughs> you know, you, know you, you confirm with the borrower, you get the title company, you send all the paperwork to the title company. That paperwork is written up by attorneys, of course. Um, you have everyone sign, you send those papers to the title company. Can you please confirm, Mr. and Mrs.? you know, escrow agent that these documents mean the same thing to you as they mean to me. Yeah. I want to be on the same page. Do you have any questions? What's your process for canceling the, co the contract? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm asking this because a good amount of our contracts may cancel. Remember EMD is at the beginning. Mm -hmm. A yeah. good amount may cancel. So I want to make sure I'm crystal clear on your exact process for cancellation. Mm -hmm. And so I'll ask those questions. And then the last thing that we'll do for EMD specifically is collect that upfront deposit, like I mentioned, just in case it gets canceled. Yeah, you know, we, we, you cannot borrow money anywhere in the United States for free. Yeah. Whether or not you use it for what it was intended to be used for or not, mm -hmm. you can't borrow money for free. So we collect that upfront deposit that's non refundable. Yeah, man. So I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your affiliates. You, you say you have affiliates there, the people who are giving you the funds to be able to do these amazing transactions. Um, how are you structuring with them these transactions? Like, are do you guys have them like get into an LLC? How are you, um, you know, how are you doing it? What's your process like? So, so you're talking about people who who we like who we do deals with. Um, yeah, who who you raise the capital from? Oh, okay, the people that I raise capital from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in the beginning, it was just like. Um, yeah, I, I have deals. <laughs> like we should work together. It was so informal. <laughs> it was so informal. And it was just like, okay, um, what do you like? What do you usually make? Like, okay, I want I want 30% of what you usually make. And mm -hmm. I, I just shot a, I just shot a number out there. Like yeah. honestly, it was it was very informal. It was like, 
guys, when you're making other people money that they wouldn't have made without you, it's really not that hard to get money. It's not that hard to get paid. Mm -hmm. But um, then eventually, yeah, we were doing a lot of deals together and we, we fund, we filled an LLC. Yeah. But you want to get in, in touch with people who, who are open-minded more often than not to working with someone to more opportunities someone who has an abundance mindset. Yeah. I'm very lucky to have people who have, full pockets and also the mindset to put those full pockets to work. Um, but yeah, Betsy, just to answer your question, it was very informal. I wasn't like, here's a contract. I was like, that's a good idea. I'm going to go see if I could replicate that. And if I do, when I do, let yeah. me, like, let me use some of that money. <laughs> it was so informal. It was almost weird how informal it was, but yeah, in the beginning I shot for 30% of whatever, you know, I brought in, you know, I have other people that now are, are going out and marketing. A lot of my time, I said, I need to do more marketing. A lot of my time now is spent is poured into people who are marketing this opportunity yeah. and they will go on a double, double close charge 2%. There are people that we've done double closes, closes with that make more money than me, more mm -hmm. money than like my partnership. So it's like really cool now. Cause I'm like, I'm doubling the leverage over and over and over again. Yeah. And then I hire a TC and, and at some point it's like, well, well, man, what am I really doing? I'm not doing anything, but I'm being a business owner. That's yeah. what I'm doing. And that's the mindset that I'm really excited to move into because, you know, that's, that's how it's, that's how, that's how it works. You know, that's, that's what we got into this for. So. I'm full circle. I love it. Okay. So we have a question. Robin is asking, can more than one lender fund on the same file? For example, a wholesaler needs 300 K for a double close and I have three PMLs that each have a hundred K. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would do in that situation, dependent on how close everyone is to each other, I would either form uh, like a JV, uh, JV contract, write up a JV contract. If it's really short transaction. Yeah. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't go through the hassle of forming an LLC together, mm -hmm. but if you guys do this deal and like you guys maybe are buddies and you're like, Holy cow, the return on this is crazy and do, do it over and over. Like for sure, I would I would definitely formalize that. But yes, absolutely, more than one lender can fund the same file. You just Robin, this is my friend by the way. I know Robin. How are you? <laughs> Everyone, everyone's my friend. <laughs> but um, Robin, you, what you want to do is all that money just has to be an escrow. You know, mm -hmm. the company is not you know super concerned about you know where it came from. You want to confirm the things that I talked about a couple minutes ago with the double close. That's really really important. But other than that, you know, you shouldn't have any problem with that. And as long as you send them your JV agreement, you can outline exactly how you want funds dispersed so that the money's not coming to one guy and, you know, he gets abducted by aliens or passes away and your money's stuck in his bank account. You can make sure that the funds come directly right. from the title. Yeah. Man. That's awesome. That's a Thank really you. good question. Thanks, Robin. Thanks, Robin. Another one. <laughs> Dax. Any advice on how to find deals to supply EMD for perhaps connecting with wholesale groups? Oh, yes. that's a good segue for networking. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. People ask me this all the time. People ask me this all the time and they will actually send me how their network, how they're find, how they're trying to find these deals. And I think uh, the problem with a lot of people who market for EMD funding is that they're losing their human touch, right? They're, they're not being sociable. They're not offering mm -hmm. value. When, when you're going out and you're saying, I have something to bring to the marketplace, pe people are not going to jump on it right away. You have to show them that you're trustworthy. You have to yeah. show them that you're going to add value to their business. So a lot of times when I'm marketing for EMD, I'm actually like giving out a wholesale contract mm -hmm. or I'm giving out a closer script because I want to collect data of wholesalers. Even if we don't transact today, we can transact later down the line. Yeah. So when they ask me this, they sent me they were messaging wholesalers cold with rates. And I was like, no, 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 no. You're doing marketing all wrong. You guys got to read hundred million dollar leads by Alex Hermosi. Great book for marketing. You have to give, give some value. And yeah. then you have, you have their permission. You have their trust mm -hmm. to get some value. Yeah. Um, so that, that's my main thing for marketing on EMD. You know, EMD and double closing is not something that someone knows they need right away. Yeah. It's someone, it's, some, it's a product that, when people need it, they really need it. They need it now. Wow. Yeah. So you're up to stay in touch with a group of people who may need your services. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the fault that I see in a lot of people who are doing the business model. Clearly, 
not as good, right? <laughs> but uh, but that's the fault that I see with a lot of people who are trying to do this. Like they don't understand the foundations of business. And I, I love the fact that if a lot of, if you guys are not following Alexis, her handle is right there. Make sure you follow her and subscribe to her channel as well. Is that you do a lot of networking, like a whole bunch and everything. I'm here listening to you and I'm like, everything that you're saying with wholesalers, that human connection, it goes back to being intentional when you go to those local meetups. And not saying that the virtual meetups are bad, but it's there's something different when you go to those local meetups and you keep showing up, persons keep remembering your face and you keep just finding new networking events to attend to. If you're a wholesaler, then make sure you find all the local real estate meetup that's happening. Add it to your schedule. Okay, this is work. I'm going here to work because the more people keep seeing my face here and what I do when they really need something, that's who I'm going to like call. So what advice would, would you give to persons as it relates to networking, especially like if they're virtual and they're, let's say they're in Georgia, but they're marketing to Florida buyers. Like how, how, how would you talk about the networking there? Yeah. So I think, you know, the human touch is really important, you know, especially coming off of Corona even if you are marketing outside of your state, go to your local meetups. People yeah. move. We aren't trees. You might you might meet someone at your local meetup that used to be from where your market is and like is the connection that you've been waiting for. You know the likelihood of that. Yeah, sure, it's low, but there's a there's a percent. There's a possibility. The yeah. first thing I said was like a poor man wants a guarantee. A rich man wants an opportunity. So I will never, ooh, I just got goosebumps. Bruh, like I was about to ask, did you get that from Secrets of the Millionaire Mind? I don't remember. I pick up a lot of stuff and then it just sticks. Like I, I just like, I'm a, I'm a sponge. I don't know exactly where it all came from, but I'll just spit it out like it's mine. <laughs> no, because I, I heard that this morning. That's why I'm like, did you get that from the book? Yeah, possibly, probably. I read a lot of books. I do. So um, if you're marketing outside of your market, still go to your local stuff. You know, you're going to meet people who maybe aren't, aren't all from there either. Maybe aren't all marketing there either. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that closed mindset that, oh, I'm not in my market. The second thing that I, I'm a big, big advocate for is a personal brand. So if you're marketing in Florida, okay, t tailor all your uh, personal brand stuff to Florida. Make Florida-related YouTube videos. Make Florida-related TikTok. Then you're going to attract Floridians to yeah. your stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and it gives you credibility. You yeah. know, I just did a podcast with Pace specifically on branding right. because I feel like he is as where he's at because of his brand. And yeah. people don't ask him. They all want to know about sub two when really the underlying success is the brand, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So the, the brand, whether or not you have – 500 subscribers, 5,000, 500,000, or five, having the, the platform where you, you put out education and you put out, you know, what you're up to and what you've done, that alone is credibility, you know, yeah. and having that credibility tool to your tool belt will get you in, in rooms, you know, and mm -hmm. in, in conversations for sure. Man, like that was a good interview, by the way, I watched that. That was pretty good that what you did. <laughs> the, um, so what like what are some books or resources or anything that you would recommend to anyone as it relates to personal development, lending, private capital, whatever it is that has really helped you in your business? That you haven't mentioned so far because you have. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I mean, I think it is all gonna come back to um to the people that you're hanging out with and strategically forming those relationships. You know, I think I could talk about stuff like talking to the title company or, you know, foundations of my business. I could talk about that stuff all day. You know, I can make YouTube videos about it more than happy to. But what I think has really been the point of success of where I'm at is my ability to communicate. You know, it, on this whole podcast, I feel like I do a really good job. Nothing that I'm saying is unclear. You know, and that took a, a year, yeah. 18 months to develop and it just reps. So one of the huge books that that was for me, um, how to win friends and influence people that, that, that book for me was like, you know, I don't want to compare anything to the Bible, but like that book was like a big part of my life 
when it came to having intentional conversations, how to figure out how to work with people, Mm -hmm. you know, how to figure out what value we can add to each other. And then the second thing was just reps. Like I remember, oh boy, I remember the first, one of the first networking meetups that I went to, I was pitching seller finance to a fix and flipper. And the guy looked at me, he said, I don't see how that makes sense for me. And he walked away, didn't even smile. And it's just like, okay, well, you you learned from that. Like, yeah, what went wrong, you know? (laughs) So you can read all the books, you can practice. And the influence and the communication is very, very important. But again, it's going to come back to reps. Mm -hmm. When you go to a networking event, take note of your conversations. How, how intrigued do you feel like this other person was in you? How intrigued did you feel like you presented to them? Mm-hmm. You know, those are some of the some of the things that have I feel like people don't ask me about that have made me very very you know to get to where I'm at now. Man, you just said something, and we talk about it a lot. We talk about how we handle unsuccessful raises because a lot of people don't talk about that. They think mm-hmm. you're a capital raiser. Every time you're looking for funding, it's spot on. No, it's not. For you doing any form of transactional lending, when a transaction doesn't go through, like, how do you process that? How do you deal with it? How do you reflect to, to ensure that you don't make that mistake again? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's painful. Yeah. It's painful. It sucks. Especially when when you look back, you always want to be looking back on what, what could have went better. And you realize that it's something that you could have done better. You know, mm-hmm. you, your communication wasn't clear. Your communication maybe wasn't timely. You're too late. You know, the transactions, this, everything has a deadline. Um, how I handle that is with systems. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I'm bringing on a TC. I, I immediately say, if I don't have the capacity to do this better, who does? Yeah. Um, one of the big things in traction, and I, I use traction a lot in, in everything that I do, but it's get it, want it, and have the capacity to do it. I get it. You know, I want to do it. You know, I'm, I'm happy to do this stuff, communication, being on the phones. But a big thing is like having the capacity to do it. So I find when things don't work out and it's and it's my fault or it's the business owner's fault, it, it's related to capacity. It, it may be a sign that it's time to elevate or hire or bring someone in or bring in help. Um, and that's typically how the lens that I look at it through, like, if this is my issue, which most of the time anything that goes wrong is, it's a, it's a, a, a representation of the business owner, honestly. Mm-hmm. If this is something that I'm struggling with, who can solve this problem? Yeah. Who, not how. Yeah. I haven't read that one yet. I got to read that one. Oh, good. Yeah. Like, it is, re- I, re- I listened to it twice. Wow. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. It's really good. And then check out this book called Pitch Anything by Oren Claff and Flip the Script. I love that. I haven't read those, but I've heard so much about them. I feel like I should. Trust me. It's their <laughs> books by Oren Claff. Your perspective is going to change as yeah. it relates to pitching. The things that we were taught, like the standard way to pitch a deal, anything that it is. But his perspective, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Wow. I got it. I actually, I have those at my house. I just haven't gotten around to them yet. So you love them. It, it, it's definitely worth it. Pitch. So pitch anything and flip the script by Oren Claff. But Alexis, this has been fantastic. And you've dropped so many gems. I love how like, guys, if you don't know, like before we're like, Alexis, don't hold back. Go deep. Yeah. Go deep into just over just go just give us all the all the details and you you did just that and we appreciate you for being here and just sharing how you're running your business how you're evolving and even just being open in terms of how you got started and the things that you went through to get to where you are today because a lot of persons see oh my god she's doing this she's doing that but we forget that it takes a lot mm-hmm. to get to where you are today setbacks, learning curves where you had to pull back and put some, put some love, put some effort into building your knowledge and becoming a better person because all the things that you've done before is helping you right now. It's all working out. This is me going godly, but (laughs) it was every God put you through all those things 
two years ago, a year ago, Alexis, you're not ready, but you need to do this because once you learn how to do this in a year, you're going to be doing something and I need you to be ready for it. So yeah. you should be really proud of yourself and what you're doing now, but we appreciate you for being here. We appreciate you guys for listening, watching and being so engaged in the conversation and asking questions. So we hope that this has brought you guys a lot of value and um, guys, don't forget to subscribe. Please like this video. Let us know what you think. And always leave a yeah. comment. Betsy, what yeah, you got? Yeah, I was going to say that too. Yeah, thank you guys for watching, for listening. We've hit a, a thousand listeners on Spotify. So it's like amazing. You guys are so great. Um, thank you, Alexis, for being on here with us. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. Um, you said so many things that resonated with me and mm -hmm. I know that it resonated with our listeners and I know it's one that I'm going to go back and rewatch, re-listen to make sure that I like absorbed everything. It was just so good. You guys, please follow Alexis on Instagram, go find her on Facebook, go, mm -hmm. um, get her YouTube. I know her link for her Instagram is on the description, so you can just go there now and, and subscribe or, um, follow her. And um, yeah, so whether you guys are looking to finance your next project, launch an, or expand a new business, we hope that this episode gave you insights, strategies, and tips so you can also raise capital and invest with purpose. Bye, guys.